J.D. Talking Sports. It is Tuesday, January 16, 2018. The freaking Rangers score five goals, first time since December 9th. Snap a three-game losing streak, and I could have been there tonight. But no, I had to work. But I get the tickets to Joe, guy I work with at a uh, company I work for. He's a Devil fan, but he's a friend of his Ranger fan. I said, you know what? Actually, I tried to get the tickets to a couple people, and you know, everybody turned me down. Gumbo Chef, Mark Eden turned me down. Isabel. Bill, yeah, I think a lot of people. I, I tried. I tried a lot of people. The list went on and on. That's all right. Shit happens, right? I wanted to go to the game. Now I was just watching. I was just watching ESPN, and enough, 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 enough. And Will Ferrell was in, in, interviewing Roger Federer at the Australian Open. He was there. Not because he was doing a movie. It was a bucket list. And I was talking to my dad tonight. I said, that would be a good bucket list. We watched four freaking Jeopardies tonight. Not one. Four. Like two is my limit. But some guy kept cleaning up over 84000 He said he'd give his kids 1% of whatever he earned was over 84000 Not Not bad. I thought that was kind of cute. But Will Ferrell was doing was Ron Burgundy. That is pretty funny. He goes, a slippery gazelle, he said, where you're like a slippery gazelle. And he goes, it's talked about in the locker room that you eat wombat meat. He goes, the meat of, it's, he goes, it is delicious. And he said, <laughs> wombat meat, because that's the meat of Australia. You know, it was just funny. Getting down, you know, it's great when you're at that kind of guy where, you know, Will Ferrell's coming to watch, saying, hey, Will, you want to come down and talk a little bit? And he called John McEnroe, John McIntosh, as Rod Burgundy would say. And even at the end, of the, I'm kind of a big deal. They were doing, um, they were doing imitations from. Listen, Semi Pro was on was on tonight. I could watch. I laugh my ass off when they do the alley oop. He goes, I I have an erection. And he said, Could you put out the cigarette? He goes, Oh, I only smoke smoke. Uh, I only smoke when I drink. I only drink when I smoke. I only smoke when I drink. I drink. I only drink when I smoke. Corn dogs for everyone. Corn dogs. All right, but I digress. What else? What else did I want to talk about? Oh, UNC. Listen to this. UNC has beaten beat Clemson eighty-seven seventy-nine. They have beaten Clemson fifty-nine straight times at home. Fifty-nine straight freaking times. Fifty-nine, man. Oh, and I missed this. Aaron, uh, Aaron Aflalo uh, threw a haymaker. There, to, I, I did not get to see the haymaker because I was working too late. Ate dinner, yeah, nice little little haymaker. I'm trying to see if they'll. Sh- oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And that's what someone bleached the report. What is going on in the NBA? These guys are just. Yeah, let's see if we can go. Oh, what a freaking punt, man! Yeah, it took a nice swing at him, but that's why fighter, uh, fighter. I'm sorry, basketball players should not be fighters. Yeah, he threw a haymaker and it was uh, way over his head. Yeah. These guys, you know, it's crazy, man. I don't. It almost looks like he wiped, uh, swiped over his head. And then last night, freaking with the C. Pauls, Chris Paul, Chris Paul, Chris Paul going back to L.A. to play the Clippers, and then there was some some talk between him and Blake Griffin, and then he got into it with Dan and Tony and Stephen. Stephen A. Smith put up a good point. You don't see freaking Doc Rivers anywhere with all this is going on. 
And then at the end of the game, they try to come in through, uh, Chris Paul tried, and the, some Rockets try to come in through the side door. And the cops were called. Now the NBA is investigating. I'm like, dude, really? And Kyle Lowry said he was waiting for Ben Simmons yesterday. That's what he said. He said, I was waiting. He didn't show up. But I was waiting for him. I don't know what's in the water. Adam Silver said he's going to get something with the, you know, players over All-Star Weekend talk to the refs. Because last night, he was going for his 15 triple-double last night. Uh, Russell Westbrook got fouled. They didn't call the foul. He got pissed off. Two straight technicals, which they said the refs are calling, you know, getting jumping to the gun way too fast on the technical bullshit, which I, th- I always felt, listen, we're paying to watch. We're playing to watch Russell Westbrook. I'm not paying for you refs to throw guys out. Maybe one technical is one thing, but two back-to-back, really? Was it that Was was it that a vital thing that you needed to call that? And, and Melo says, I'm done. I'm done. Because, you know, the players are pissed off. And he, even Melo said, oh, I came in 50 years. I was going to say this about Melo, but really he said, when I came in 15 years ago, it's changed a lot. And I feel like, I'm like, what's going on here? You know, technicals don't have to be called as much. It's like, really? You got it. Okay, maybe one technical is one thing, but you got a double technical guy and throw him out of the game? Because what? He said something to you? Dude, I, I did little kids. These little kids were nasty as shit. I could throw them out of the game. But you know what? What, what good comes out of that? You got you to gotta, you gotta marinate. Let it marinate. You get one, okay, maybe shut him up. But two in a row, throw the guy out. People paying good money for these fucking seats. Are you kidding me? Like that Ranger, 12th row today? I hope, I hope Joe enjoyed the game. I, that's all. I really hope he enjoyed the game because those were some nice freaking seats. That's all I'm going to say on that front. Yeah. And I did watch this Hot Street shows, and uh, my friends, a friend of my friends named Jason had a guy who was in it, and he had, was a voice in episode two after we rewatched again. He played Reverend Green on Snake Island. It was a show called, uh, an adult swim called Hot Streets. You know what? It was interesting. It was kind of funny. It wasn't, it wasn't like awesome, but it was entertaining. I'm going to give it a couple. Come on, you got to give it more than two episodes. And Black Lightning is on tonight. I can't. Give, got a good, interesting review. I'm taping the thing on FX about, uh, not Armani, uh, or Versace on FX about the murder of Versace. Got very good reviews. Uh, they kind of do it a little uh, going backwards. What was that movie called? I'm blanking, man. Memento. It's kind of like done like a memento-ish. And you call women, he has 45th, 45 in a row on the road. How about that? Also, they talk about the... St- oh, how about this? The Seahawks, Ken Norton Jr., defense coordinator. But Brian Schottenheimer, the former Jet, who was, at one point was a hot coaching prospect, who's been bounced all over the place, college everywhere. He That's who Pete Carroll brought in to be his offensive coordinator. They get rid of Bevel, who was there, what, seven years? I, I still... Listen, when they lost that fucking Super Bowl to the Patriots, I thought Bevel should have been gone. And that he's been around this long. How do you, how do you throw a pass like that when you have freaking beasts? You have, you have beast mode right there to put it in. Marshall and Lynch. Uh, I'll tell you, I thought that was one of those bonehead plays I ever saw in my goddamn life. They talk about Marcus Williams, that bonehead play. That play in the Super Bowl, to me, will go down as one of the most bonehead fucking plays I've ever seen in my goddamn life. And Rock said, you know, Rock said uh, we were talking about, he, he texted me, he said, what do you think about the Vikings play? I said, listen, it was a fantastic play, but it shouldn't have been a fantastic play if the goddamn guy would have went in and just wrapped him up. So I'm not going to put it up. I'm going to play that it was one of those. That was more like a what the fuck kind of play. Like how the hell could that even happen kind of play. That's what it is to me. Because it wasn't a play like an amazing, holy shit. Like when LeBron, 
when when going in for the layup what was it Iguodala going in for the layup and he went in, went full court raced raced down and that to me was like an amazing play, but this play, great play yes, but also it was the ineptitude of 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 the Saints team and Marcus Will, Williams was just like thinking that the way he went in not to wrap up the guy and then knock his own player out and then leads to a t- it's more of a bonehead play, not like a wow. It was more like, holy shit, how could that happen? And I'm going to put a picture up today from the uh, Times-Picayune. And it's and the cover of it says, expletive, expletive, expletive. Because that's what everybody was saying. Fuck, 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 fuck. That's what they were saying. Yeah, and I definitely think that Steelers, Todd Haley, contract expiring, bringing a new offensive coordinator. Ryan Chase the year. Since he went out, they gave up 133 yards rushing after he went down. They're going to have to get a linebacker. Mr. King, I agree with you. Now, Jason Light. The Tampa Bay GM spoke with the Tampa Bay Times on Monday, talking about the season. He said the whole year, just expectations were just not set by us. It was just something I cringed at. Of course, you want positive things written about us, but when the expectations are what we've, you know, basically saying, you know, that we're going to score 50 points a game and it's not easy. I said, cry me a fucking river. You know what? Just cry me a fucking river. Pardon for my language tonight, but I'm just like tired. You know what? I'm tired. I'm tired of hearing excuses. I'm tired of hearing people just complain all the time. Listen. You, you know what? The fans would have been happy. 25 points a game. You scored 20.9, 18th in the league. 5 and 11, you're going to have to fix things up. And don't ever do hard knocks again. I don't hear you complaining. Oh, these expectations. You know what? You did have high expectations. We watched hard knocks. I saw the team you had. Winston, I thought, was going to take the jump in his third year. No. He didn't do shit. It was a terrible freaking year. Dirk Cutter, come back. You, you decide to bring him back. You bring in Deshaun Jackson. You think you're going to have this year with the defense and everything, the offense, up and up. No. The whole year went to shit. Ridiculous. Yeah. And Doc Rivers joking after the game uh, last night against the Rockets. We're honoring Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We're nonviolent. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. You know, it's, it's just guys talking. Now, I did talk about Pat Shermer, you know, who they said is the front runner now for the Giants. I listened to Bill Polian t- on a Wingo and a Golik and Wingo this morning. Said he's known him for 25 years. Said he's a home run for the Giants. Knows him from coaching the Eagles. He was the Eagles for 10 years with Donovan McNabb, when, you know, Andy Reid. They call, what, what, what was I listening to today? They call Andy Reid the Brian. Oh, that, yeah, dog. Um, uh, Chris Russo, Mad Dog, was talking about him saying the, the, the Schottenheimer, well, Brian Schottenheimer is the son, but uh, Marty Schottenheimer of today's generation, where, you know, it's great seasons and then can't win a goddamn playoff game. But Polian said, Bill Polian said, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, he'll put the team in the best position to play and win. And look, Case Keenum. Now, I remember Case Keenum in college. You know, we're talking about this Case Keenum like he was like this undrafted quarterback out of Houston who got a six year of eligibility. His coach was Kevin Sumlin when he was there. Last year was there. They went twelve and zero going to the conference USA championship game. They they lost they lost to uh, Southern Miss. That game, Keenum that day, forty one to sixty seven for three seventy yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. After that, they play Penn State in the Ticket City Bowl. They went thirty to fourteen. He passed for five hundred thirty two yards, three touchdowns. Listen to these college statistics: nineteen thousand two hundred seventeen goddamn passing yards, one hundred fifty five touchdowns, forty six. 155 touchdowns in college and over 19,000 yards passing. Come on, man. Those are out-of-control stats. 
Only quarterback in Division One history to have passed for more than five thousand yards in each of his each of three seasons. He became the well is in that season his last season became the uh, football bowl subdivisions all time leader in total offense as well as well as all time leader in total touchdown passes by an FBS quarterback. One hundred and fifty five touchdown passes, nineteen thousand pass. That's goddamn. That's not chump change. But come on, really. Madison Keys, second round. I talked about it last night. I'm wishing well for it. It looks hot as hell there, too. Now, Dan Gurney uh, passed away Sunday at 86. Now, I didn't know anything about him, but I love reading. My client, Jack, reads the obituaries, and he passed it on to me. In a 1960 interview with the Times, Gurney recalled that someone had once said to him, you don't think about crashing, do you, Dan? He goes, don't think about it. I think about it all the time. That's the essence of this, isn't it? To go as fast as you can without getting killed. Not only a driver, but he also was a car builder. His uh, company was All-American Company. All, I'm sorry, All-American Racers. He drove in 3 to 12 races in 20 countries and 51 makes of cars. Won 51 races, including 7 in Indy cars, 5 in NASCAR, Winston's Cup stock cars. All 5 in 500-mile races in Riverside, California. He finished twice. Twice he finished second in the Indianapolis 500. He was the first driver to win races in all four of the major sports categories. Grand Prix, IndyCar, NASCAR, and sports car. Think about that. All different disciplines. All cars, different cars, different handling, all that stuff. Only two other people have done that. Mario Andretti and Juan Pablo Montoya. Since, since he did that. But, but then the, the high point of his career came in... Was it 66? I think it was 67. Okay, well, listen, this is what he did. He won, uh, in June, he won the, he won the, with A.J. Foyt, won the 24 Hours Le Mans in France in a Ford prototype, first time in the race's 45-year history that had been won by an American driver in an American car. Week after that, week after the 24 Hours, he won the Grand Prix of Belgium in a 416-horsepower American Eagle, a car he had designed and built himself. He was the first American in 46 years to win a championship race in an American car. I mean, that's crazy, right? In, in the course of a year, he won the 24 Hours Le Mans, and he won a world championship. And, I, you know, I, I was thinking about a guy, you know, like, design his cars, all that stuff. I mean, I am so not a gadget guy. I am so not good at fixing stuff. And I kind of wish I was, but I'm not, my mind doesn't work that way. Like, I can't, I have trouble putting, like, reading directions and putting stuff together. I find it a chore. And it turns into, and then I read out Bill Hanlon in the Times today. This past year, he unveiled thirty new monuments. He makes this is what he makes. He makes all kinds of statues, from Charles Barkley at Auburn to Evander Holyfield in Atlanta to Jackie Robinson as a football player at the Rose Bowl. At Indiana University, twelve new statues of Hoosier basketball icons went up in the lobby of Assembly Hall. Each was designed by Hanlon, and he's in Homedale, right near, right here in Jersey. And after the conclusion of last year, this year's Winter Olympics, he could soon be adding skiers and figure skaters to his impressive roster of honorees. And he captures, this is what Scott uh, Zufalato, the vice president for philanthropy at the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame, which is declared Hanlon, its official sculptor, said he captures their movements, their actual poses. He says that says a lot about Brian's perceptiveness to how an actual athlete is presented to the public and represents their game. 
Listen to this. So he made a <coughs> he made a twenty five ton monument to Dr. James Naismith based on a picture of Naismith showing a basketball to some children. But he did it with a twist. He sculpted the likeness of a young Earl Lloyd, the NBA's first bas- uh, black player, onto one child's face to evoke a sense of the game's evolution. And a, one of the one, he also put a girl in the picture. <coughs> because <coughs> he wants to show the evolution of the game. He said, Stephen A. Smith is a great one. He was screaming about some player the other day, and I thought, you know, somebody should make a statue of that guy. And he uh, pitches many of his ideas directly to prospective clients. You know, he charges between one hundred twenty-five thousand, one hundred eighty thousand for a statue of their own. But they realize there's no better way to capture the spirit of an icon. So he sculpts the clay around. He makes a, a casing wires, whatever, and he works in this chicken coop with no freaking ventilation, no heating, whatever, in this, well, some guy's farm in in Homedale. So he builds this armature, and from there he paints it with several layers of rubber followed by coats of plaster and fiberglass. fiberglass. This forms the mold into which molten metal is eventually poured. And he says, forcing open that mold after it settles can be like ripping apart two ice cubes frozen as one. And for a statue of St. Peter, he once hooked a rig to his pickup, attached a line to one side of the mold, which was also attached to a wall, and floored the gas pedal. Other other reveals involve ratchets and straps attached to the beams of the coop. He goes, I can't believe that thing didn't fall on me. I did some crazy stuff in there for sure. He said, the creation of the mold is critical. If the integrity of your mold is no good, you just blew months and months of work. A bajillion mistakes could happen, and somehow we pull it off. But now he watches the mistakes from half a mile away. Most of the statues he designs now are forged and cast in a foundry he owns in uh, Xiamen, a port city in southeastern China. Now he'll, but it's wild. So he coordinates every step of the month long process from the modeling to molding to bronzing to shipping via video conference. How about that? Recently, he had to give up many of the hands-on aspects of the work because of health concerns, namely the effects of years of working with resin dust sequestered in the coop. So how about that? Working in a coop like that, he had to... So now he does a teleconferencing. But he says no longer he no longer needs to feel the clay in his fingers to know what a statue could last in perpetuity. It's the stories. I'm more interested in the backstory than the sculpture itself. If the backstory is good, the sculpture is going to be great. And thanks to Zach uh, Schoenbrunn from New York Times. How about this? So McCunchen is going to the Giants because the Mets didn't want to go up Brandon Nimmo. Now, I'm sorry. I would have given up Brandon Nimmo for Andrew McCutcheon, who has been with been with the Pirates since he was drafted out of high school. Now, it's interesting. He was traded now to the Giants, the same team that another homegrown Pirates outfielder and former MVP joined 25 years ago, Barry Bonds. How about that? So Barry Bonds, 25 years ago, went from MVP of the Pirates and they sent him to the Giants and then he became freaking, well, I don't think, and I always say he didn't need the steroids. He was that good a player. He was a five-tool player. And now McCutcheon's going there and they didn't want to give up Brandon. And I don't I don't get it. I guess, do they see more? I mean, Brandon Nemo, good play. He's not, he's not Andrew McCutcheon. Not in any day of the week. Can't hit for power like he can or for average. I think that was kind of a ridiculous thing.
You know, and, and, you know, they talk about the Knicks Nets yesterday, too, has, you know, it's failed to live up to the thing right now. You know, Knicks are 20 and 24. They went through a stretch of lost 10 of 13 games, thanks to part losing Hardaway for six weeks. You know, they blew a 19 point lead in overtime to the Pelicans on Sunday. Yesterday, they allowed 39 third quarter points to the Nets. They got the win. The Knicks haven't posted a winning season 2012 2013 season. The, the, the Nets. The Nets 2013-2014. But I like what Kenny Atkins has said. He goes, I think we're both desperate to get there. We're climbing. We're clawing. We understand the market. We understand how important it is to the fans. It's not lost in translation. We understand it. And it would be great one day if we were playing a playoff game like the Subway Series they have in baseball or Giants Jets and Special. Hope we get it. I really wish that. I'm a real New York fan. Both teams being good would be good for the city. And I checked. I'm like, you know, I can't remember the last couple last times they played. They've only played three times in the postseason. 83. Knicks, remember they you back then they used to have a uh, best two out of three first round. Knicks won two zip. Ninety four they met in the Eastern Conference first round. Knicks won three one. And two thousand four they met in the Eastern Conference first, first round. The Nets swept them. I would like to see them both get better again. And you know, hey, they made that terrible trade with Boston for who just got? Oh, I'm blanking on Paul Paul Pierce. All the draft picks, all the first-round picks, and even this year's first-round pick isn't... Good God. And Anthony Davis tonight, after putting up 48 on the Knicks, he had 45-16 and 16 in the Pelicans. 116-113 win over the Celtics. Kyrie Irving. How about... And then you got the Cavs, who think they don't have the makeup to make the finals. It sounds like the whole... Uh, the ship be sinking. That's what Rock said to me. I said, the ship be sinking big time. And also, Doug Harvey passed away, the Hall of Fame umpire, 31 seasons. Some said he was, referred to him as God. And I love, you know, he died from, died on Saturday in California. His wife confirmed his death. But the thing I loved about Doug Harvey, one Christmas, his wife gave him a t-shirt that read, we'll get along just fine as soon as you realize I'm God. They're all sisters. I just like that. We'll get along just fine. As soon as you realize I'm God. Yeah, Cavaliers are reportedly doubtful they will ever be able to work out their issues and win an NBA championship this season. Let's go and say Monday night. Fourth consecutive loss, ninth in the last 12 games. They're third in the Eastern Conference, 26-17. They chill the Celtics by 7.5 for first and the Raptors by 4 for second. Yeah, I think they just keep taking it. They got rid of Kyrie. I don't think they brought in good pieces. They brought in the former... Yeah, they brought in the former Bull, the former MVP. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on names tonight. You know what I'm talking about. Now I gotta look at the Cavs roster. I'm I'm, I'm embarrassed that I can't I can't remember. Not Jay Crowder, Derek Rose, D Rose. I mean, look at the roster. You know, they don't have a lot of... You got Tristan Thompson, Jared Smith, who's not the players. Kevin Love, Channing Fry, Kyle Korver, Isaiah Thomas, I think... I, 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 Dwayne Wade, who's seen better days. They're not the same team anymore. They're not the same team. Not even close. You 
Yeah, and the Jets are lowering season tickets next year by an average of 11%. 5-11 and 11 back-to-back season will do that. Haven't made the play since 2010. Half the seats at MetLife for 2018 will see price decreases, and the prices for the remaining seats will remain flat with a low of 45. There will be a two-year price freeze on season tickets for those who sign up for 12- and 10-month auto payments. Options by March 1st. Team President Neil Glatt said it in a news release, largest decrease in average ticket price since the 2010 opening of the stadium. A lot of empty seats. Well, when you're 5-11, and 11, two straight years, you're going to be. It's ugly, folks. It's ugly. Cavaliers, Knicks are playing tomorrow night. At the, they play... Buh, buh, buh. I tell you, I saw the coach for the... the new head coach for Louisville. And man, let me tell you something. He looks he looked like he was twelve years old. He looks young compared to the other guys. You know, Pat Shermer, he might be the real deal. Oh, and Gary Payton Gary Payton the second is now on the Lakers. And I would love him to do well. I, I always liked him. Signed a two way contract. I would love to see him get it done. I really would. Oh, and uh, Lonzo Ball's out with a knee injury. Saturday night's overtime win at Dallas, and he said right now he couldn't play on it. Yeah, Blake Griffin. I, I love these GIF responses, like to each other. Like all these guys are just talking shit to each other. You know what I loved about Black Knight? So Black Lightning's on tonight on CW. I taped it. The show owner, Salim Akil told the Times, I never saw a true representation and iconic hero for myself. He said, it just got boring reading about all these really powerful and heroic white guys. I never saw a true representation, you know? And I, that's what I, you know, and that's what I think it's great. When I read stuff like that, I'm just like, and then, you know, we don't talk about enough good things. Kyle Lowry just gave a million-dollar donation to Villanova, his alma mater. The money will be used to improve the home locker room at the pavilion where Lowry, a Philadelphia native, spends his off-season working out Mel- Carmelo is given a ton of money to freaking Syracuse I love what these guys give back to their schools Case Keenum man he's a beast a beast yeah I want to meet this guy and they say Cavs will make a deal to ha- at, at the trade deadline Dale Earnhardt Jr. will work Super Bowl and Olympics new role with NBC Sports I think he'll just have a blast in whatever he's doing, man. And the trial for uh, McKnight, Joe McKnight, who got killed in New Orleans. Hope that guy gets the fucking chair. Disgusting what happened to him. And Love is coming back for a senior season at Stanford, which I'm shocked about. And Mecky Brown, remember he got into the fight at the at the championship game? Well, he's transferred to Tennessee State, which he was going to do before the season ended. But he did say something. He said uh, at the end, he said, I felt like a jerk. He said, what, what happened on the sidelines? That's not who I am. I wanted to win. That's what it was. I did something stupid. I could have cost us the game. So, hey, maybe he wasn't going to have play in time. He can play right away at Tennessee State. Wish him the best of luck. He's going to start there. I mean, you know how many guys go to these schools and then realize, you know, maybe if I went some, went, went somewhere else, I would be playing more? I, I don't get it. I'm shocked. Bryce Love. I thought he was going to... They have the number two running back in the draft. I don't know why he's coming back. He's got nothing to prove. All he can do is get injured. 2,000 yards. 
21-18 on the season. Missed one game, played most of the season with an injured ankle. He played injured. I don't understand. He'll be looking to join Troy Davis, the only player in FBS history with multiple 2,000-yard rushing season. Let's look at Troy Davis's NFL st- stats. Nothing to write home about. I don't know what he was thinking, man. I think it's crazy. He had 13 runs at 50 yards or more, 8.1 yards per carry, which broke the previous record of 7.8 set by Mike Rogier in 83. Mike Rogier was a fucking beast. And they finished 9-5 this past season, lost four underclassmen in the NFL draft. I don't know who was talking to him, but I thought that's that's just crazy talk. I, I don't get it. I, I don't... Uh... Yeah, I, I, I would love to find out why he's coming back. And someone put, when uh, Marcus was going for the tackle, they have a picture of uh, Prince in between. It's pretty freaking funny. <laughs> yeah, Lowry said, put it this way, I was there. He said he was in the hallway. You know, I watch these NBA guys fight. They're not hockey players. Stick to the, stick, stick just don't do it. Just say no. Yeah, just, just say no. Don't do it. 59 in a row. It's unbelievable. All right. I got to go to bed. Oh, trivia questions. Trivia, trivia. Okay. Okay. All right. Last night's trivia question. Most consecutive Pro Bowl seasons to start an NFL, to start a career in NFL history. Merlin Olsen, 14 consecutive Pro Bowls to start his career. Tied for second with 10 is LT, Barry Sanders, Mel Renfro, and Mel Thomas. How about that? 14 straight goddamn seasons to start his career made the Pro Bowl. Merlin Olsen, man. I loved him with Dick Enberg. Okay, Eagles records for most touchdown passes in a season. Eagles record for most deep. Now, actually, I'm going to give a... It was broken recently, but I'm going to... It's interesting who held the record previously. How long it took for the record to be broken by the Eagles. And how much it destroyed the season. But I'm giving too much away. All right, Knicks play tomorrow. UNC won today. Very happy. It's always a better day when the Tar Heels win. And I can't wait for football. My father goes, Where are you watching the games this weekend? I go, I'm watching with you. Who do you think I'm watching with? Gumbo Chef, get healthy. Get freaking healthy. Get that back in shape. Oh, and a friend of mine, Damien, it's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Damien. Don't ever get old. All right, I'm going to bed. Peace out.